23rd of January 2020. This is Jesus in Java. My name is JL Sisson and welcome to the podcast. I hope that uh, you are doing well. I hope that you are enjoying this day wherever you might be. And <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to be changing gears just a little today. We had been talking about Bavink's book, The Wonderful Works of God, but we began a study in Ecclesiastes at our church and had a, just had a great worship session on Sunday, and I just wanted to share some of my notes um, about Ecclesiastes chapter 1, and, and then what we'll do over the next few weeks is jump back and forth between reading Bavink's book, podcasting about that, and also podcasting about our study in Ecclesiastes. So I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think it'll be very informative. I hope it will be. Um, please remember, search Jesus and Java in iTunes podcasts and give us a five-star rating so that more people will find us. And thank you again for being here. So it's been a little while since I've been able to get back on the podcast. We have moved, um, and moving a family of five is never an easy thing, and it was uh, quite an experience. We're still in the process of setting everything up, but it was a successful move. We had a ton of help from family and friends. Um, those of you who helped us, you know who you are, and I can't thank you enough, but it was great, and we left our left our home of seven years uh, over in Cypress Point, Virginia Beach, and moved literally less than a mile down the street to a new neighborhood and um we're really excited it's a it's a one story i don't have to go up the stairs anymore i know that's selfish but it's true um and we're just really excited to be there the house has got great bones we're going to hopefully be be able to do some renovating if we sell our house um so that's where i've been that's why there have not been any jesus and javas put up lately but There's going to be one today, and you are here with us right now. So, glad you're here. Let's jump right in. We're in the book of Ecclesiastes, which is in the Old Testament. So, if you turn to the middle of your your Bible, basically, you've got the Psalms. If you go right past the Psalms, you've got Proverbs, also known as Proverbs. That was a funny story. I don't have time to tell, but maybe one day. And then, the next book is the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, the author of Ecclesiastes traditionally is understood to be King Solomon. However, we do not know exactly who the author is, Um, but we're pretty sure that it was King Solomon based on the way he's written this book. Um, And what I learned basically in verses 1 through 11 on Sunday was that Ecclesiastes is teaching us how to live life in the real world. How to live life in the real world. It's teaching us that we need to know that God's glorious and that we should worship God. It's teaching us that life is short. Everything essentially is a mist slipping right through our fingers. And... That's a very humbling thought, but at the same time, it's good to know because 
we need to make the most of what we have while we're here. And we need to be glorifying God with the things that we're doing because that's the reason He created us. He created us to be in relationship with Him and also to glorify Him. Um, so, Ecclesiastes 1, verses 1 through 11, this is how it reads. And, and hear the word of God. So, the words of the preacher, the son of David, the king of Jerusalem, verse 1, Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? Remember that phrase, under the sun. You're going to see that a lot in Ecclesiastes. A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises, the sun goes down, and hastens to the place where it rises. Verse 6, the wind blows to the south and goes around to the north. Around and around goes the wind, and on its circuits the wind returns. All streams run into the sea, but the sea is not full. To the place where the streams flow, there they flow again. All things are full of weariness. A man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. Verse 9, what has been is what will be. And what has been done is what will be done. And there is nothing new, there's that phrase again, under the sun. Is there a thing of which it is said, see, this is new, it has been already in the ages before us? No, verse 11, there is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of later things yet to be among those who come after. And that's the word of God, Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. And let's break that down as best we can, remembering that one of, one of God's gifts, among the many of the gifts that he gives us, is to help us to live life in the real world. So the real world, in a sense, in quotation marks, we're talking about reality here. What reality? Well, God's reality. And the reality that is God's reality is our reality because He is our creator and sustainer. So we should know that God is glorious. We should worship God because He is glorious. And then you get into that second verse and we, or we talk about vanity of vanities. Vanity of vanities. So vanity here, it it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, a type of narcissism where we're all constantly looking in the mirror. What we're actually talking about in the original meaning is that it's more of a, of a, of a futile, empty, meaningless, um, it's sort of the older sense of the word, uh, the older definition of the word, which is futile or empty. It's not necessarily excessive pride as we would think of vanity today. Um, the Hebrew word actually is kabor. It's used 38 times in the book of Ecclesiastes. And kabor in the Hebrew actually means smoke. And, you know, we think about life. Life is like, a, is like smoke. You know, just when life seems great and seems awesome, everything's going fantastic, you know, bad times may strike very quickly. You know, smoke may rise. So that word kabor... Um, again, appears 38 times in the book of Ecclesiastes. The word vanity is essentially where that word kabor, va vanity comes from the word, the Hebrew word kabor. Um, so remembering everything is a mist. Um, 
And, and, and then in verse 3, he asks, what does man gain by all the work that he does? How about that? I mean, there's the question. You know, why do you do the work that you do? What are you gaining? You know, essentially the author here is saying we're all going to die, but the earth remains forever. It's kind of a downer. I'll be honest with you. It's, it's not an easy read. The sun rises, verse 5. The sun goes down. The wind blows. The wind goes to the north. It goes around to the south. It comes back. It circuits. It returns. All the streams run into the sea. Here's a thought. All the streams run into the sea, but the sea is not full. That's interesting. All things are full of weariness. A man can't utter it. Going back to verse 3, what does a man gain? This is a, a repeated question. The repeated question here is, what does the man gain? So the authors sort of realized here that life sometimes, actually let's be honest, life most, most of the time, it makes absolutely no sense. Things happen and you're like, what? Why? What's going on? I don't want to get political, but what's going on in Washington right now? It's a bunch of madness. A bunch of people like hearing themselves talk. Not getting anything accomplished for you and I. It's the biggest waste of time we've ever heard of, but we're not going to go down that rabbit trail today. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. If life makes no sense, because it often doesn't, and if achievements are fleeting, then what's the significance of our existence? That's what the writer is asking. The writer is asking, why? Are, if all this is of no significance, then what? what's the point? Well, let's go back to what we said in the very beginning of the podcast. To know God is the point. To glorify God is the point. To acknowledge God as the creator and sustainer of all that is and all that was and all that will be. And to honor him as such. And to live our lives understanding who we belong to. Then, and only then, can all of these questions be answered. And it may seem trivial to you, I understand that. But there's no rest unless there's rest in Jesus Christ. I'll say that again. There's no rest until you find rest in Jesus Christ. You will toil, you will work, you will worry. And it's frustrating because you know deep down in your heart that you want to ask the question, what am I doing all this for? Why am I doing all this? See, friend, you don't have a purpose necessarily. You may think you do, but if you're not glorifying God in what you're doing, and that's not the reason you're doing what you're doing, then you're just running around in circles. Now let that truth sink in. I'm telling you that on this podcast because I want people to know the truth. I want people to know the rest that comes in the liberation of receiving Christ as your all-sufficient Savior. The peace that comes from admitting to God that you are a sinner, that you've fashioned an idol for yourself who you worshiped who is not the biblical God. 
that you've committed adultery, that you've lusted after other women, that you've stolen something, that you've dishonored your parents, that you've coveted something that somebody else has. Friends, we've all broken all of the Ten Commandments. Paul says in Romans that all fall short of the glory of God. He also says that all have sinned right before that. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That may seem to you today like in like a statement that indicts you and you don't like talking about it. But let me tell you something. Until you embrace it and you understand the predicament that you're in, you can't know the peace and the grace and the forgiveness and the new resurrected life that you get in Christ. You can't have an appreciation for it like you should. And I'm only saying that because A, I'm learning it more and more every day, and B, it's the truth. You will continue to toil, to work, to strive, And then when you reach that goal, when you accomplish that dream, what are you going to do next? It's been said that the loneliest person in the world is the person who reaches the top of the mountain and then discovers that there's no one else up there. I can't imagine what that might feel like. I'm down here in the trenches trying to serve the Lord that has saved me from the pits of hell that I deserve. All I want to do is glorify Him because I want to give thanks for the saving work of Christ's cross because I know that I deserve death. Because a holy God, a just God, cannot allow me into his kingdom if I'm a lawbreaker. The only way that I get to go in is because of the blood of Jesus Christ. It covers me. The Bible says that God sees me doesn't see my sin as a believer. He sees Jesus. Propitiation sets in. Look that word up, I dare you. <laughs> That's a good one. It's a cool theological term for all of us laymen. And that's just in the first, you know, six, seven, eight verses of Ecclesiastes. The author is wondering what all this is about if you or I sit here and try to figure out what all this is about, we will sit in thought for a very long time. But if we understand who we are and that we are created by God in His image in order that we might be in relationship with Him and bring glory to Him, all of a sudden our mindset shifts. And what I'm trying to get across to you is if you haven't had that mindset shift, you really need to spend some time figuring out if you are saved or not. Because if there's anything in the Bible that 
scares me more than anything else. It's in, it's in Matthew chapter 24 when Jesus talks about the day of judgment. He says that on that day, many will come to him and many will proclaim, Lord, didn't we do works in your name? Didn't we cast out demons? Didn't we serve you? Didn't we praise you? Didn't we go to church every Sunday? Didn't we tell our friends about you? Didn't we raise our children to come to know you? Didn't we read our Bible every day? Didn't we go to church on every Wednesday night and go to dinner? Weren't we friends with the pastor? Didn't we sing together in worship of you? And Jesus is going to look at them and say, depart from me, you evildoers, you sons of iniquity, which is very harsh language in the Greek. Depart from me. I never knew you. That scares me more than anything. That there are people that you and I both know and love, and maybe you're one of them, who think that being a good person is the reason that God accepts them. And it's what's wrong with American Christianity. It's what's wrong with liberal theology. It's what's wrong with most of the local churches in Virginia Beach and elsewhere. Is that the message that's being fed to the congregations who are hungry for the true word of God isn't the true word of God. It's a false gospel. So examine the scriptures. Be Berean about these things. If you don't know who the Bereans are, go read the book of Acts. Get alone with God every day. Spend some time with Him in His Word. Have conversations with people about His Word. Seek out the counsel of somebody who knows more than you do. Tim Keller is one of my favorite pastors. He says you should always have somebody who is more spiritually mature mentoring you, and you should always be mentoring somebody who's more spiritually immature than you are. If you've got those two relationships in your life, you're learning on one hand and you're proclaiming the word of God on the other and that allows you to grow spiritually. Being stuck in this state of spiritual infancy where you think because you got baptized as a baby that you're going to heaven, friend, we might need to stop and rethink all these things. The Bible is clear. It's unchanging. It's unwavering. It's the best-selling book of all time. Don't you think you should know what it says? Especially when it comes to eternity? Because your buddy in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, he has figured out that we are like smoke. that we are like a vapor. In the New Testament book of James, the half-brother of Jesus, James talks about this. We appear for a while like a mist, and then we're gone. Have you thought about these things? What's the point of these things? Why is God saying all of these things? Because God wants you to stop striving to find purpose apart from Him. He wants you to stop chasing things apart from Him. The answer to the question in verse 3, what do we get from all this labor? The, the answer is a big fat nothing. 
it's a hard teaching, but don't you understand that life, that time is going to go on without you? I was naive enough working in a restaurant in college to believe that if I didn't do the job that I was doing, then that entire restaurant would fall apart. Well, guess what? I've been out of that restaurant for about 15 years, and that restaurant's still going strong without me. We've all been there. We all think that. We all think we're irreplaceable. No, we're replaceable, and yes, time will go on, and yes, unfortunately, the hard truth is you will be forgotten, and so will I. This podcast will disappear into oblivion just like the listeners will. But the incredible part about the thing, the incredible thing, incredible part about Christianity as it compares to every other worldview that there is is that you and I get to make a choice. We get to respond to the gospel. And there's only two responses. There's no wait and see. That response is called rejection. You either admit to God that you're a sinner, repent and ask for forgiveness, and believe the gospel, or you reject the gospel. Those are the only two. There's no omitting there's no abstaining there's no not showing up to vote Jesus says whoever is for us I'm sorry he says whoever is not against us is for us but he looks you and I in the face every single day when we brush our teeth looking in that mirror And he calls out to you and he says, who will you serve? Does anybody remember Joshua back in the Old Testament? Remember what he said? He told Israel, he stood up after God had told him what to do to go and conquer um, Jericho. He stood up in front of all of Israel and he said, now is the time. God has told us what we need to do next. And as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Please hear me when I say this. Check your salvation. Know that you know that you know that you're saved. And once you've embraced that liberty and that glorious truth that God sees you in Christ's righteousness instead of your own sin, share that with somebody. I think, in the words of Forrest Gump, that's all I have to say about that. So I do pray that um, you have a good week. I pray that you would study the book of Ecclesiastes with us. Um, I pray that you would tell somebody about our podcast. We'd love to have you. Eventually, we're going to be getting guests on here and having some dialogue. Um, Give us a review, write a review, send it on in. I'll post all this stuff up on Instagram and Facebook. But again, we are Jesus and Java on iTunes podcast. My name is J.L. Sisson. It's been a pleasure being with you.
may the grace and peace of Jesus Christ be with you wherever you may go. We'll see you next time. Peace.